And welcome into this edition of Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network. Also being simulcast on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page. Today's Gator podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialists. They're Northeast Florida's leading orthopedic center, providing an unparalleled level of care across numerous locations in both Jacksonville and St. Augustine. That includes Riverside, Northside, the Southside, the Beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's. He is Denny Thompson. I'm the hacker, Ryan Green. We have made it to the end of March. It is a big day at the University of Florida today with Pro Day going on. So, Denny, a majority of our podcast today will be a uh, Pro Day, but I think we need to at least address the elephant in the room basketball-wise. As far as I know, they still have people on the roster. I mean, they're dropping out left and right, entering the transfer portal since Florida was eliminated from the tournament 10 days ago, you've had four enter the transfer portal. Two have declared for the draft. I think Castleton's going to come back, but at least for now, he's declared six guys gone in a 10-day stretch. What does that say about uh, the Gator basketball program right now? Uh, I don't I don't know what it says about the program, but simple math will tell you. Um, let's just call it there's opportunity there for somebody, um, maybe tr- – transfers, I don't walk on something, which isn't good, right? I mean, that's not what you want. Uh, You'd like to head into the next season knowing what you have, especially in basketball when it's really not an offseason, man. I mean, these guys talk about it with football, but when you look at the basketball schedule, Hack, it's they get a little bit of time off and then they're right back at it. And and they're playing exhibition games, they're going, they're traveling, they're all, all that kind of stuff. So you'd like to have, you know, some type of, nucleus at least and they don't have that I don't know what it says though I mean I've been trying to I've been trying to figure that out myself I don't know if it's a I'd have to look at other programs to see what their attrition is over the last three years Florida is near the top of guys that have entered the portal so you have looked at that yeah I mean they have a lot of guys that have transferred out yeah yeah. And, and the question is and we brought this up during the year Trey Mann was recruited by Mike White Arguably the next three best guys on the roster, Appleby, Castleton, mm-hmm. DeRuji, were transfer portal guys. The guys might and you think back to last year, Kerry Blackshear. Yep. You think before that, guy like Canyon Barry. I mean, they Dorian was Dorian Finney Smith the Mike White guy? I think he, he might have been. It was close. Because Mike White's he been was at six Florida years. the whole time. I mean, he he was a, Dorian Finney Smith. No, he was a transfer. From where? Uh, he came in from Georgetown or somewhere. Did he really? Yeah, Virginia Tech. It was one of those. The, oh, I thought he. I thought he signed. With no, Florida. no. They've had a lot of transfers, which begs the question. It's great Mike White's getting guys out of the portal, but why are so many guys entering the portal, and why isn't Mike White signing terrific players out of high school? Well, I I don't know. Again, I, I I'm a football guy, so I know the way the transfer portal in football is working, and the way people are recruiting the portal. And the way, frankly, that college coaches are manipulating is the wrong word, encouraging guys to hit the portal. I I can only go on the assumption that that's not what's happening here, that Mike White is not telling these guys that, hey, you know, you probably need to move on. I don't know. Maybe he is. Maybe there's a significant culture change that he's wanting to undergo. I don't know. But transfer portal recruiting across college athletics um, is, is the future. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where you're going to start having full-time employees at the football level who that's their job is to scout um, almost like NFL rosters, like the way they scout other NFL rosters is to scout 
other college rosters and to find out when this guy hits the portal, do we want him or not? I don't know if that's going to happen in, in, in basketball, but it's certainly concerning, to your point. To the bigger point, coming off of the disappointment that you just came off of um, the last three years, I'd say, mm-hmm. it's certainly concerning and, and disappointing. And you, know, you look at the guys that have entered the portal, Quez Glover, nothing against Quez Glover. I didn't think he was really an SEC caliber player. Osifo, the developmental guy, you would have liked him to stick around. Uh, the two that, that bother you a little bit, or Locke and Payne. Um, Noah Locke was at Florida for three years. I mean, at the end of the day, it is what it is. He's a six foot two and a half guard that if he gets in rhythm in the corner, he can drain threes like nobody's business. He's not going to create his own shot very often. He's got limitations on defense. Omar Payne's a big guy. Yeah. You wonder if the big elbow smash in Nashville to John Fulkerson during the SEC tournament may have been an issue with Mike White moving forward where Mike White suspended him. There could the be other Virginia issues there. Yeah. I, I thought about that when we had that conversation last week about the suspension. I shouldn't have spoke so quickly because we don't know what else has happened internally with that. That could have been the last straw type of thing for him. But, I, I mean, listen, you know, if you've been there three years, the odds are with, you know, tutors and the way everything is, you have your degree now. And I don't want to be a hypocrite. Um, I tell all of our football guys that we train, all of our quarterbacks, that the plan should be to graduate in three mm-hmm. so you have options. So that if you want that change of scenery or you know, there's a system that you feel like you fit better in and, and you're desirable, um, to have that option. So I don't want to be a hypocrite. I mean, you know, it's within every right of these guys, once they graduate, I think they should absolutely have that ability to transfer with no penalty. And we see Andrew Nemhard, who uh... – Played well at Florida for, what, the two years he was there. He's now on his way to the Final Four with Gonzaga and a big part of what Gonzaga is doing in their undefeated season to this point. One of the best college basketball teams we've had in a while. Trying to be the first team to run the table since the 76 Indiana team, I think. Yeah, they're they're crazy good, man. I don't think they're getting enough hype. And look, they play UCLA next. If they win that game, they'll get the winner of Baylor and Houston. Boy, weird NCAA tournament. ACC's been completely obliterated. SEC's been completely obliterated. The Big Ten, completely obliterated. The closest team to the Atlantic Ocean is, I believe, the Houston Cougars. That's that's wild. Houston, Baylor, Gonzaga, and UCLA. Just the eastern part of the country has just been annihilated in this tournament. One, One more thought on the Gators, though. Again, primarily pro day talk coming up here on Gator Bites, but last thought on basketball, at least for this week. I didn't watch a lot of of these teams during the year, but watching them in the tournament, my concern is this. When you look at Alabama, when you look at Arkansas, when you look even at Florida State, man, they just look different yep. than Florida. No, man. They just look different. They got bigger guys, more athletic guys, guys that play better defense. It's it's a scary thought as a Gator fan when you see these teams because it just looks different. I've been saying that's been my main concern. It was my main concern when McElwain was here with the football team a little bit. But my main concern, the basketball team, is you're exactly right. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to look at a guy that comes in Florida and look at him two or three years later and he doesn't look a whole lot different. And then you go and you look at Tennessee. Like that's the one that popped out at me is when they were playing Tennessee. Mm-hmm. It looked like grown men against guys who were underdeveloped. Um, but but you're right. And and just, I'm in Arkansas. I've, I grew up in Arkansas. Um, that is an Arkansas, Arkansas is a basketball crazy state. 
Like it'll be nice to see those guys get going again. You were out the there SEC with better. the uh, forty minutes of hell, yeah, absolutely. right? Absolutely, the big nasty so Corliss Williamson. Fun, like even before that, Todd Daly, Mayberry, like even before that, it was just so much fun. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's that's really, I mean, that's that's what we thought we had at Florida a little bit. It just hasn't worked out. You know, I think. Um, I think you realize, take a football sense, James Franklin at Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. Since James Franklin left, you kind of realize what he did yeah. for those years in Nashville. I think the further and further you get removed from Billy Donovan in Gainesville, I didn't know if he could be appreciated more, Denny, but I think he is starting to be appreciated more because it's pretty obvious what Florida basketball was before Billy. Unfortunately, it looks like Florida basketball after Billy is – round of 32, sweet 16 at best. I think you appreciate Billy even more now than maybe you did when he left six years ago. I think you hit the nail on the head, though. I think his false start leave like really ramped up the appreciation for him. I think he was really appreciated why he was there. Um, I, I mean, he was he – was, for a basketball coach at Florida, that you know, I think most people, if you said, "Give me your favorite three coaches in any sport at Florida," he'd probably be in that three. There's no doubt, right? And in a football dominant um, uh, university, so I think he's pretty appreciated. I, I, it's going to be hard to find another one like him. He is Denny Thompson. I'm the hacker Ryan Green. This is Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network. We are brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialists for the highest quality care you can rely. On Southeast Orthopedic Specialist for any orthopedic injury or concern, you can log on to their website by going to se-ortho.com, and you can listen for Southeast Orthopedic Specialist, the good Dr. Kevin Murphy, on Thursday mornings in the 7 o'clock hour with Jeff and Dan right here on 1010XL for his weekly analysis of injuries in sports. We are recording this podcast Wednesday morning in about a half an hour pro day at the University of Florida. Let's focus on the big four, uh, Kyle Trask, Trevon Grimes, Kadarius Tony, Kyle Pitts. Before we get to the big four, you're hearing that there is one Gator player that maybe isn't getting a lot of pub or hasn't to this point that's starting to go up draft boards a little bit. Yeah, I'm hearing more and more about Stone Forsyth. Like, I'm hearing, gosh, I mean, I think it was on NFL Network yesterday. I'd heard late last week that he was starting to gain some traction. But I think either NFL or ESPN or State predicted him as a third or fourth he, rounder. Of course, the big left tackle at Florida. I'll tell you this, and we did this a lot during football season. In 2019, yeah. I thought he was terrible. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I thought he was terrible. In 2020, he looked like a different player. He got clearly better, in my opinion, from the 19 season to the 20 season. He's um He's a – he's – I think I don't know a lot about offensive line. Like I, I defer to Leon and and Tony Baselli with that. But the biggest change I think they would tell you is his feet, because he's always been a strong guy. Like he gets his hands on you, it's a wrap. Mm-hmm. It's done. Um, you know, and I think that's the thing that people, if you look at him, the base, his base is first, second round good. His feet, not that good. You know, or not that developed, I should say. So I think if an NFL team's looking and saying, you know, there's not a deep tackle draft, really, if you're looking in the third round, you need a tackle, you need a swing guy, you need something, you look at him and go, okay, can we get his feet to where they need to be? Um, He could be a value grab. I thought it was interesting, too, when I was reading uh, guys that are working out today for Pro Day as well. Guy like Martez Ivy is working out today. Adam Shuler, guys that haven't given up on their dream. You know what? Good for them. 
if they want to go out there and they want to get in front of NFL scouts and if they still have the heart and the desire to make it into the league, I think that's awesome. There's more and more of that happening right now, though, because of last year, because of COVID. Yeah. yeah. Um, there wasn't pro days. There wasn't a lot of pro days. We've trained a couple that are kind of running it back, um, hoping to catch something. And it's it's unfortunate for these guys. You just hope they get a chance. All right. So of the big four, let's begin with your specialty. Of course, Denny is a very accomplished quarterback trainer here in the Northeast Florida and really all over the uh, the country, to be honest. But you're based here in Jacksonville. Kyle Trask, we've talked about it for the last few months. His stock was high entering this process. There are reasons why, but clearly his stock has gone down as the weeks and months have gone by during this process. What does Kyle Trask need to show scouts today to essentially stop the fall and maybe establish himself as one of those late second, early third round guys? Yeah, I think that's, gosh, that's about as high as he's going to go. I think he's always, I don't think he's really fallen. I think he's fallen in the eyes of media, but I don't think he's really ever fallen. Well, you saw him in some mock drafts two months ago in the late first round. Yeah, again, I think that was media. I don't yeah. think, I think that was not off information. I think what's happened is now that the season's ended, media is starting to get the information from NFL teams that, okay, wait a second. This guy, just because this guy may be the sixth or seventh or eighth quarterback, and there may be a run on five doesn't mean somebody's going to reach for him. What he's got to show is is it's actually fairly simple for him. He's got to show a little bit of fluidity, meaning it doesn't look hard. It looks easy. That's been the theme this this pro day, and that's the theme. It's been the theme the last couple pro days, but it's been talked about a lot. When you watch Zach Wilson, he's fluid. Like, it just looks different. It looks smooth. It looks effortless, right? When you watched Justin Fields yesterday, it looked effortless. Mac Jones looks effortless. Tre Trevor's Trevor. Like, that's that's what it is. I still don't know what Trey is. still don't know what Trey Lance is. But that's what he's got to show. He's got to show a little creativity. He's got to show some fluidity. Um, I don't think there's questions about his arm as much as what there used to be. Um, but I think the biggest thing is, how do his hips look? Can he get in and out of pressure situations? Um, can he throw the ball with some fluidity that's able to do that over and over and over again? How much did he lean on the big receivers? You know, when you have Trevon Grimes and you have um, Pitts, and Pitts yeah. like there's a lot of bell-you-out balls. There's a lot of, if I throw this high, they're going to go up and get him. And he had you know six or seven of those a game. So he's got to be really accurate today inside the frame of the body, and he's got to show some fluidity. What advice would you give him? Before he goes out there today, if you could give him one piece of Denny Thompson quarterback training advice before he goes in front of the scouts, what would you tell you him? You know, I was texting with Ian Book this morning, and Ian's he's going through pro day today. Pro too. day is today, yeah. And at this point, these guys have been doing this since mid January, right? I mean, you're talking months and months and months of six days a week. They're working out. They're going through the script. They're doing all this kind of stuff. At this point, the only advice you can that you can give to them is to have fun. That's literally it. Be loose. Have fun. Show some leadership characteristics because what happens is a lot of times these guys get really uptight and you don't. their leadership doesn't shine through. I thought Mac Jones did a wonderful job of that, like awesome job. Had a blast with both pro days. Um, I think you know that's the one thing is we haven't seen out of Kyle. Like, Show us. Show us you having fun. Show us that's part of making this look easy. Optics matter. Like they matter at every single level of recruitment. They matter with Pro Bowl. They matter with Hall of Fame. They always matter. Optics matter. Make it look easy. Have fun. Smile. Be a leader. You should be fine. Trevon Grimes. I'm shocked. 
I am absolutely shocked that he hasn't been a riser in this process. He's a big guy. You know, you know, you know the, I'll tell you this. We had one of the NFL um, uh, kind of the pro football focus guys. They, they have a lot of the guys, which I think they do a good job doing the analytics. But what I love about pro football focus, is they do the comparisons. And they compared Javon Grimes, the, the person we had on, compared Javon Grimes, and I loved it. Alan Lazard of the Green Bay Packers. I thought that was a really, really good comparison. Is Alan Lazard that big? He's a, yeah, Alan Lazard's he? a big guy. Yeah. Yeah. And Alan Lazard used to be that. here. If yeah. Trevon Grimes has, you know, the career to this point of Alan Lazard, I think that would be a win for Trevon Grimes, would it not? A starting caliber I, see, wide I think, receiver? I, I'm big on him. I think he's I think he made a mistake coming out. I've said that on here several times of I think he should have stayed, been the guy, got seventy balls, could have been a second round pick. Possibly a first round. Pick, it's a scary right? thought when Trask leaves because you don't necessarily know what you have with him. I, I mean, you you got to roll with what you got to roll with. I mean, I I don't think I thought that there would be teams and there may still be that fall in love with this guy. That say, hey, this is this guy literally checks every single box that we look for when scouting a receiver. Why don't we take him? I thought he'd be a second round, third round guy. Mm-hmm. You're seeing him fifth. I sixth, think at the seven. highest I've seen fifth. Yeah. yeah I, I don't know what he has to do today. I don't know if it's the 40. I don't know. You know, I think the 10 split is probably the number that, that people are going to be looking at that nobody ever talks about. <clears throat> that first 10 yards of the 40-yard dash. If he can show, if he can have a good 10 split, and and kind of like I said with Kyle, he looks fluid in his in his drills and in his routes, I still believe he could be a second or third rounder. I still believe there's a team out there that has him graded so high that they start to worry, okay, does somebody else have him graded this high? And he's, I think he's a value in the third round. Yeah, it only takes one team to fall in love with you. I agree. I would be, I would be surprised if he lasts to the fifth or sixth. Having said that, that's basically where he's going in every list yep. and every mock. So we'll see what happens in a month's time. Today's Gator Podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist. They're Northeast Florida's leading. Orthopedic Center providing an unparalleled level of care across numerous locations in both Jacksonville and St. Augustine. That includes Riverside, Northside, the Southside, the Beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's. You take skill position, guys. Real quick, by the way, if you're listening, like, share. Like at, at least like. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like at least like. If you want to share, share, help us out. And we certainly would appreciate that if you are watching on Facebook. Okay. You take skill position players. And we'll lump them all in. Quarterback, wide receiver, running back, tight end. The last skill position guy drafted in the first round for the Florida Gators. Oh, geez. I have no idea. I think it's Tebow. Is it? I think it's Tebow, yeah. Harvin was over nine. before. I think it's Tebow. I could be wrong about that. But and you know, it, I mean, if it's not Tebow, it's right around there. But yeah, I, because... I went back this morning in the memory banks and the reason I bring it up, it Pitts is definitely going to end that streak. Tony may also go in round one. So for the first time in a decade plus, you're going to have a skill position guy drafted in round number one Offensive for Florida. Skill position, Offensive yeah. skill position. Yeah, because defense dominated the draft with Muschamp, Muschamp and McIlwain. Yeah. We were in a receiver dump forever. But isn't that crazy? You have to go back to, I yeah, believe, 2010. I think you're right because, I mean, there's no running backs, right? There's no, no running backs. It wouldn't be any receivers. Uh, there certainly wasn't any quarterbacks. No tight ends. Wow. Yeah, I think you're right. So Pitts is going to end that. We'll get to Pitts in a moment. Kadarius Tony today. The most. He has to gain. been skyrocketing up the board. Yep. He's got the most to gain of anybody. He's also going to be the most affected by 
a lack of a combine. Because, listen, these 40s that you're hearing at these pro days, everybody didn't all of a sudden start running 4-4. Well, he's getting linked to Rondell Moore, and Rondell Moore, whether you want to believe uh, this or not, allegedly ran a 4-2-9 at the Purdue Pro he's Day. He's not going to run that. Kadarius Tony's not that fast. He's he's quick. He's not that fast. If he can go sub 4-5, and it's verified, like there's scouts that have him at that, um, then he's going, he could be a top 20 guy. That's the biggest question on him is actual straight line speed. What does he have? We know what he is in a phone booth. What does he have straight line? I've heard, um, I've heard people say that he's like a four, six guy. Tennessee fans, I think when they look back at the career of an Alvin Kamara, Kamara did some nice things in Knoxville, but I think Tennessee fans will tell you, my goodness, what we could have done with a talent like that. Mm-hmm. Does Kadarius Tony have that potential? Will Gator fans look back in five years if he's a star in the NFL and say, man, why didn't we use him more? I think I don't think so because I, I think when you I think there's a big difference. One, Tony came in as a quarterback. If you remember the spring game a couple years ago, he was the only bright spot at quarterback. Um so he came in a quarterback, went through that transition. That takes a little while. It's not it's not easy to just play receiver in college. Right. And then he had a lot of injuries. So I don't think it was a misuse thing as much as it was an availability thing. When he stayed healthy, every time he was healthy, he was great. He was fantastic. This year he stayed healthy. Um, I mean, the thing I love about Kadarius Tony more than anything else is when the game's on the line. Same thing I said about Van Jefferson last year. When the game's on the line, who did they go to? Mm. And you saw Kadarius Tony have games where he had 11 catches, 10 catches. And these weren't directional schools. These were the big games. You that you can't teach that. Like that's a level of confidence that you have where you're in the huddle saying, Get me the ball. You know, as bad as the OSU ending was with Marco Wilson and the missed field goal in between those two in the fog, if you could actually see it. Bro. Kadarius Tony had like one leg. He was unbelievable. And he kept catching the ball. Yep. And he kept getting upfield. He was clearly injured. Yep. And he kept doing great things to get Florida in position to have a, a game-tying field goal attempt. I think this will be interesting, too, because if in he I'm not saying he's got to run 4-2, whatever, Rondell Moore ran, but those are the comparables. People are comparing those two. If he can be anywhere near that, the fact that he played this year and the fact that he had a big year, I think pushes him ahead of Rondell Moore. All right, let me ask you this. So Rondell Moore, Kadarius Tony, I'm going to throw Elijah Moore from Ole Miss. Yeah. He of the peeing on the football that got Matt Luke fired, and that's why Lane Kiffin is there. But Elijah Moore is kind of lumped in with those two, Tony and Rondale Moore. How would you rank them one, two, and three? Uh, The way you just said it, I think I I would go Tony, Rondale Moore, and then... Elijah Moore. Yeah, or Rondale, yeah, yeah. Yeah, did I say that right? Yeah. Um, So you think Tony's the best of the three? I got to give it to him just because he's the one I've seen most recently. He's yeah. the one that we've seen dominate football games. Um, Pitts goes out or doesn't is a they decide not to play. He's a healthy scratch, right? Yeah, and he steps up. Like I, I, I just I can't ignore that. And we've all know we all remember what he did to Florida State two years ago. I mean, he's just so shifty. I, was it Nazel Dean the safety? He yeah. broke his he broke his hip basically. It, yeah, but I don't remember what exactly what it was, but it was embarrassing. Yeah, I mean he's just he's that explosive. And those you're talking about another draft guy that he did that to. So you just it's hard to replace that. All right, so those are the three: Grimes, Trask, and Tony. Now let's get to a guy that may go in the top five, will almost certainly go in the top ten, and that's Kyle Pitts. 
We all know how great Kyle Pitts is, Denny. I want you to tell me why. If, you know, for the uh, a Cliff Notes version, but why do scouts absolutely love this guy? So funny. I did a radio show the other day and, was, and said the same thing. I was asked the exact same question. It's so weird because the thing that the biggest question on him is also his greatest asset, and that is the matchup thing, mm-hmm. right? It is impossible to match up. Now, let me let me flip that for a second because at the NFL level, it's all about packages and personnel. Is he a good enough blocker that when he comes in, you bring in an extra linebacker, right? Or you bring in somebody that can stop the run because if he is, he's a Hall of Famer. Like there, there's nobody that plays that position that can cover him. Nobody. Um, that's the biggest downfall. We don't know his blocking ability at that level. We don't know if he sh- if he changes that personnel at all. Like they may still nickel him. I don't know. But then on the other side, you look at him and you go, does it even matter? Like, is there a slot corner that can cover this guy? And I don't know that there is. He doesn't look like Antonio Gates or Gronk or, or Travis Kelsey. Is he Shannon Sharp? Is he a guy like that? You know, the the career didn't work out for was it Vernon Davis? It was it was decent. It didn't it didn't go like if you remember his combine, it was ridiculous. Yeah. That's my comparison because I think he is gonna go out and run sub four five today. Um he is a he's a bigger guy than what you think. Like he's he's thicker than what you think. He's got a frame that he can put weight on, but you look at his feet. And his feet move like Kadarius Tony, right? It's it's usually when you get guys that size, they're striders. They're they're not quick strikers that can come in and out of breaks, run option routes, all that kind of stuff. He can, he can, and that's the matchup problem. Like you put him, you know, as the wide Y, you put him out there and you give him space to work against a guy who's going to be giving up four inches and fifty pounds. Like I I don't. I don't know what you do with that. Now, like I said, if he gets into the NFL and he can down block, game's over. He's going to work out today. Let me ask you this, though. As a guy that trains these young athletes, Pitts' stock probably couldn't get any higher than it is right now. Can he only hurt himself today? If you're Kyle Pitts, why or Kyle Pitts agent and the reps, why do you put him out there? Again, I think he's going to have a great workout, but – he can't get any higher than he is right now. In a pro day, it's a controlled environment. Like, I mean, you're not going to have any questions. I don't know. Is he doing everything? Um, I know he's running the 40. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, yeah. You know, I, is, he, is he bench pressing? Like, that's going to be a thing. Um, again, I'm going to go back to that 10 split. Like, if you know that you're going to flex on everybody here, then absolutely you're rolling him out there. Catching for these guys isn't a problem. And catching their sleep. Especially when it's their quarterback in the 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 facility they've been working in for the past three years, it's a it's an environment that is or an atmosphere that that is conducive to them succeeding. I'd have no problem sending him out there. Let me ask you this: as we begin to wrap up, there's four guys, four pass catchers that are probably going to go in the top ten to twelve: Jamar Chase, LSU, the Alabama guys, Waddle and mm-hmm. Smith, and Pitts. I'll ask you the same question I asked you with Tony. Between Pitts, Waddle, Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase, if you're an NFL GM, how do you rank those guys? But Pitts is one far and away because of the matchup thing. Um, far so and away? Yeah, it's not even close to wow. me. Yeah, I, I, I don't – Jamar Chase is two. 
Yeah. And and, I, lo- and keep in mind, Jamar Chase was one time committed to Florida. I didn't know that. Yeah, because we, he he and Matt Corral committed oh. about the same time. I talked to Jamar two or three times during the recruiting process. When Corral decommitted, that's when McIlwain lost Chase. Yeah, no, Jamar Chase is legit. The only reason why I say Pitts is one far and away is what I just went over. Like yeah. that matchup deal is a big deal. I don't know how you match up with him. So I'd go Pitts, Jamar Chase. Man, I'm like, I'm back and forth on Devontae Smith because at 170 pounds, like that concerns me. Not not taking hits, nothing like that. It's when guys get physical in the NFL, can he handle that? When guys press him. And then I watch his film and I see how elite he is coming off the line. I'm like, okay, are guys even going to be able to get their hands on him? Well, the, the problem to me is like Deshaun Jackson's 170. He's a good player. He's 5'10", though. Devontae Smith is 6'1". When you're 6'1", 170, I think that means a little bit more. He needs to put uh, like, some meat on those Well, bones. yeah, yeah, no, it, and it gives more to grab. Yeah. Like it's, no, you're, you're right, you're right. So I don't know, and I don't know if Waddle's healthy. He didn't do anything yesterday, right? I don't believe so. Yeah, no. so I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, Devontae, because he did it this year, I guess, but I, I think the better prospect, if he's healthy, is Waddle. Like, I think... When you start looking at all this stuff, especially quarterbacks, we're going to go in this tonight in Sports Den. It really becomes like, are you, are you trying to win, or are you trying not to lose with these draft picks? Meaning, are you looking at their floor, or are you looking at their ceiling? Mm-hmm. Right, and we're talking about that with everybody, with the exception of like Panay Sewell's, a safe draft pick, really safe draft pick. Kyle Piss is a safe draft pick. Um, in the past, Quentin Nelson, safe. You knew Devin White, safe. Um, if you're a floor guy, meaning I don't want this guy to be a bust, it won't even be a Hall of Famer, then I, I think you got to take Jalen Waddle as a third. Um, I don't think it matters with the first two. I think you know they answer all the questions. If you're looking at okay, well, so who's got the highest ceiling? Then I think Devonte Smith. Yeah, I mean, I've seen I've seen Pitts six to Miami. I, there is absolutely no way Jaguar fans hate to tell you this. No way he gets any. Further than thirteen to the Chargers, and if he oh, gets I, that far, I'd be stunned. I, I don't, I don't, I don't believe this narrative on five quarterbacks in a row. I don't believe the narrative on four quarterbacks in a row. Really? No. I, I well, you got to figure the Jaguars are going to go Trevor. Mm-hmm. The Jets are probably going to go Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. San Francisco gave up everything for the next three years to move up to probably take maybe your guy, Mac Jones. That's the way it's lined up now. Okay, it's the way it's lined up now. There's please feel free to feel free to discuss. No, no, it's, I, I'm gonna be. I think this is gonna be one of the more interesting draft nights that we've had in a long time. I think there's gonna be a ton of trades. Yeah, because there are people that are Kyle Pitts away from being contenders in their head. There are people that are Panay Sewell away from being contenders in their head. So you think somebody might trade up to four to get Pitts? Why not? Yeah, you know, I mean, that's the thing is, why not? Why not? If you are a team that you feel like if we get this tight end, we're set for the next five to six years, we're good at quarterback, we're good at these other places, why not? What are you waiting on? Right? There's, I think there's a lot more smoke screens going out this year than what there has been in the past. It'll be interesting. Gator Pro Day is underway. I'm going to go take a look at it. That is Denny Thompson. I'm the hacker, Ryan Green. You get Denny every night on the Sports Den alongside big game James Coleman. You get me middays on XL Primetime with Joe Cower, Matt Hayes, and former Jaguar Leon Searcy. Next week, we'll review Pro Day. Hopefully, no more transfers in the Gator basketball program. And we will be ever so close 
to the NFL draft. It'll be draft month next time we talk to you here on Gator Bites. Thank you for watching and listening on 1010XL.com and on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page.